I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and it is a treat to be here today. We've got with us Jake Harbour and Jake, how are you brother? Doing great. That enthusiasm got me going. <laughs> Touch with enthusiasm for life, bro. So for those tuning in to Jake for the first time, he's an international TEDx speaker and a best-selling author. He's the co-creator of the Idea Collective, which actually helps thought leaders get their message and mission out to the world through speaking. He's helped hundreds of speakers share their message on the TEDx stage and People have amassed over 10 million views thanks to this effort. He's an avid surfer, traveler, writer, avocado eater, and festival goer. <laughs> he loves creating content, personal development, breathwork, cold plunges, and connecting with like-minded people who want to change the world. And that pretty much tells us why he's here today. He's written a memoir called Off the Beaten Trail. Um, he's co-created and built a seven-figure business at the age of 22 and has spoken to over 15,000 people in six countries, sharing his own inspiring story and teaching audiences how to replace anxiety with purpose and consciously create a career that they're excited about. Brother, it is such a pleasure to have you here today. Oh, thank you. It's, it's always funny when you hear your, your bio read to you and, and with your <laughs> accent, it just sounds even, even cooler. Uh, uh, what accent? 
my bad. But you know, I always uh, there's always this chat on the podcast in terms of like, I always like because when you when I feature on other people's podcasts, it's like oh we'll do the bio beforehand, and I don't know. There's something about reading out the bio live with the person that I kind of just feel like I don't know builds this. It builds a connection point. I don't know. I really like it. I really like it. So sorry for making you sit through um, me. No, I, I love it. Before a, we even get started. It's a cool experience. <laughs> Man, the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, yummy connection points um, that the Inspired Evolution Tribe listening in are going to enjoy today. Um, but fundamentally, you're driven by purpose. You can just tell by everything that you're up to, and, and so am I. So um when did it become a realization for you that the whole linchpin of everything was purpose? Um, Cause as I said, you're teaching audiences how to replace anxiety with purpose. Um, and for me, it was depression with mm. purpose. Um, tell us about where that, where that came from. Yeah. Similar to yourself. It, it sounds like it started for me a dark period in my life. I was 17 mm. years old and I just got to university Um Three days after arriving, I started breaking out in hives and rashes all over my body. Whoa. And I had no idea why. Um, mm. And it continued. And I, as a result of this skin stuff, I started having anxiety, which was already there. Although at the time, I didn't know what anxiety was. Um, it's kind mm. of a bit of, more of a buzzword today. But mm. I, I, didn't, I wasn't conscious that that's the sensation I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And... I realized that I was just going down this path and I'm from San Diego, um, California. And I grew up in a community where it's work hard, get good grades, go to college, get the degree, get the corporate job, you know, get Mm -hmm. the house, meet the wife, have the kids. Like that's the prescription for a happy life. (laughs) And, And I was going down, I was, you know, my path was paved out just like that. And I got to school Although I would say my senior year of, of high school, I was starting to question this path, but I didn't have the audacity to go off path, although I had mm. wanted to take a gap year, but it just wasn't anything that anyone I knew did. Um, I had never traveled growing up. My parents didn't travel. So I stick to the path and qu- mm. qu- very quickly, my body was telling me that something was wrong um, mm-hmm. with this. What the doctors ended up telling me was chronic urticaria, which is like a fancy name for saying your skin's freaking out and we have no idea why. <laughs> and yeah. it was during this time I read a book by this guy who, uh, ended up becoming my mentor and his good friend, his name's Jake Ducey. And he dropped out of college and wrote a book and it spoke to me. And I knew instantaneously, funny enough, his name is Jake too. Mm. Um, but I just knew, I, I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to have, I want to experience another way of life. I felt very conflicted investing myself physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially mm. down a path that I didn't even believe in. Mm. And um, I had grown up watching my dad. Uh, when I was 11, my dad came home from, or when I came home from school, my dad was in bed and he didn't get out of bed for a few months. Um, he went through a major episode with depression after working at a job he hated, but he did well and provided for our family. And for the next, you know, six, seven years, my dad didn't work. And I saw firsthand that this path did not guarantee success and happiness because I watched Mm. the pain of my dad, who I love so much. And I, this was a dots that I connected later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was uh, kind of the start. And I remember just being gravitated towards wanting to do something very different. And long story short, I eventually 
dropped out of college and two months later hopped on a one-way flight to Guatemala at 18 years old with a backpack. I spoke about three words of Spanish and no cell phone because I needed to get away from social media, which I felt was contributing to uh, my anxiety and depression of just this like really toxic comparison, especially Mm -hmm. as in such a negative place where not many 17, 18, 19 year olds are talking about the struggles they're going through. It's all party pictures and all the fun that you're having. Mm. And so I was like, I need to get away from this and just be present and have the experience I want to have. So that was kind of the, the dark that led to my own hero's journey, if you will. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that brother. I feel like we could spend all episode just unpacking the story, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I wanted to tune in. So, you know, the, the hives, you're talking about the physical symptoms that you had. Um, the way I look at that now, I'm sure it's, you know, I'm just curious if you see it the same way. Like I, I find myself sharing this conversation around, I, I, I'm a big fan of stress. People sort of say, you know, stress is bad and, you know, they demonize it. And as a life coach, I'm kind of like, stress is pretty fucking remarkable. Like it, it's letting you know that you're out of alignment. Is that kind of what you see as the, the hives like back in the day? Obviously in the moment it was different, but looking back, do you feel the same way? Totally. And it's, it's a bit of a blessing and a curse, right? With, with embodied experience, I now know, oh, that's my body telling me something is off. Mm. And so now I look back and have that understanding. But I think, you know, and this is the benefit of hearing other people's stories and reading. Like I read a book called When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate. Mm. Um, if you're familiar with his work, yeah, because I've been on a whole other health journey, which we can talk about. Um, it seems like I needed to get this lesson twice, but in different ways. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like to me, it's un, it's undeniable that our body is speaking to us at all times. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been a journey of learning to listen. And right, there's the I'm sure you know this too. There's the balance of healthy stress that's stretching mm-hmm. us and allowing us to grow and challenge us. For example, you're a speaker. You know what that feeling is like when you go mm-hmm. onto a stage with a thousand, two thousand people, and you know, I love that feeling, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit of stress, but that's the good stress. And I think the negative stress is. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you are doing something that your soul is saying no. And there's a difference, right? Between doing the things like, uh, I love what Mark Manson calls it the shit sandwich, um, <laughs> whatever job you have, well, even if it's your dream job, you got to eat the shit sandwich. Shit so there's going to be parts of the job that you hate. And yeah. 
I think there's a difference between that and still doing something that is draining your soul. Because even if you're doing something you don't like, yet it's on the path towards your dreams, there's a, there's a weightlessness to it. There's no resistance. Whereas for me in college, I, I knew without a doubt that this path was causing me more pain than good. And I had to take a step back off and shift gears to a different direction in order for me to step into who I was and which unveiled all the different gifts and opportunities that has led my life in the direction it is now. Yeah, there's this really interesting power of hindsight where when you look back, I find, and trying to build a hindsight into a moment is, is like a great sort of tool I find because it's like if I just look back on this moment right now, like right now I'm eating shit, but like, and at the time, like, you know, it's, you know, your, your, your body's going through like physical like challenges, but in the, in like with a view of hindsight, it's like, fuck, that was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Like, I don't want to say that it was the best thing that ever happened to you, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, but kind of having seen this journey a couple of times, you know, like it's, it's pretty remarkable. Like, and it makes me wonder if, you know, I sometimes being the purpose guy, I don't know what it's like in your world, but I wonder if we're ever off purpose, you know, it's kind of just like, even the little even the little challenging bits were all kind of pointing me to the right direction, weren't they? Yeah, it's so funny you say that too. And and not to fast forward, and I'm happy to fill in, but mm. you know, after I went on that journey, um, it changed my life. I came home. I spent the next year and a half head down on a mission, um, wrote and published <laughs> a book, got it in the hands of Jack Can't because I was I published it a week before my 20th birthday, and I yep. knew like dude, you're 19, bro. Like you need to have some social proof here. Even though I was like, <laughs> I believed in this so much, you know, I was hustling and selling it at farmer's markets, getting on every podcast. Like I learned, I learned like every, you know, I dropped out of school where that was my education of learning PR, mm. writing a book, speaking. I started speaking first at Toastmasters, then at high schools mm. then at universities. My first actually paid gig was in front of 2000 students, uh, mm. which you know, um, part of my French, I was about to shit my pants, but also like so excited <laughs> about the opportunity. Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of things were, were really flowing, but I did that whole experience. And then about a year, I mean, th there's so many crazy stories I could get into, but I think mm -hmm. the, what I'm trying to get at is I, I built this company with my mentor and mm -hmm. uh, he became my business partner. And that mm -hmm. was the idea collective. It's now um, named thought leader. And mm -hmm. he runs that because we built it over, and, and you have to understand, I had like no business experience <laughs> and, you know, I'm teaming up with him and I had given two Ted talks, the same exact talk, but I landed three. Mm. And when we started working together, I was working for a travel company that he started, but it soon went under and he'd given four Ted talks that led to raising millions of dollars for charity work around the world, building schools, awesome. water projects. So we teamed up to basically build this online course, which evolved into this full done for you service. In the first year, we do just short of a million dollars in revenue, which you have to understand for me, like if someone would say you're going to build a business, like that number just didn't even seem possible, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and then it, the business is growing. A year later, we have almost 30 people. I'm finally starting to make, you know, I did a lot of deep work, hired coaches to help me get over my own money mindset, start mm. making good money myself. And this is the beauty of hindsight overnight on October 17th, 2019, I get hit, slammed by a train, which I found out is Lyme disease, um, which, Shit. yeah, which, uh, you know, you and I had the pleasure of talking with Stephen Kotler and that's why yeah. he's been such an inspiration for me uh, as someone mm. who's obsessed with flow states, surfing. Mm. Um, and I know without a doubt, I will be fully healed and I'm doing tremendous now, but 
talk about, it's not even that I was consciously out of alignment, but again, it's learning like my journey, I guess here on earth is, um, you know, intuition. And I'm curious your experience with this, but for me, it's often a whisper, a whisper. Uh, my friend, mm. Rachel Bell talks about how the universe talks in three ways. First, it's um, a feather. It's like, Hey, you might want to pay attention to this. And if you don't listen to the feather, maybe they're going to throw a brick at you. And that could look like a speeding ticket, or maybe you sprain your ankle. And if you're not listening to the brick, the universe hits you with a train. Mm. And I felt a lot of pressure from the path I went on to mm. kind of prove myself as a dropout. Um, you know, I, I had my grandfather escape from the Holocaust on my dad's side. Um, and my mom's father came from nothing to give my parents this opportunity to give me this opportunity. So I, on one hand, felt like I had all this pressure to be something mm -hmm. um, to family, to society. And then also to my business partner, he was 15 years, my senior, he would just give me an audacious task and I would mm. get it done because I looked up to him and it was a bit unhealthy in that regard because I didn't mm. have the courage and boundaries to say, Hey, this is actually not working for me. Um, mm. Can we renegotiate or, or mm. create a different way to get to find another model to yeah. align vision? Exactly. But you know, I was 20, 21, 22. Mm. This happened right after I turned 23. So I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but why I, I share that is, you know, even with the Lyme, um, I know this will be one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I'm already in a place of gratitude mm. for it. And I will say it took me over a year to actually be, you know, people tell you, oh, be grateful. And it's really hard <laughs> when you're mm. in suffering and pain. Like, you yep. I hit a level of pain with the Lyme disease that, um, you know, like suicidal ideation, uh, just in like truly suffering and like physical pain and uh, not able to work. Uh, had to part ways with the business, lost um, a relationship. I was in love with this girl that ended. And I just was like, universe, is this real right now? Like, are you actually <laughs> like, I couldn't believe how much pain and suffering. And then that got me into thinking, I can't believe this amount of pain and suffering exists on earth. Not even just me, but like how, you know, got going to the world of how many people are going through this. Mm. So it's been a journey for me of letting go. But now one of the gifts is I'm like, my energy is hypersensitive so mm. I cannot, if, if work, it's like, if something is not a fuck yes for me, it's basically a no, mm. <laughs> because I don't have the energetic capacity anymore. I used to be go, 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 give me something. I'll get it done. I will wake up at five. I'll meditate. I'll surf for an hour. I'll journal, I'll blah, blah, blah. Before 8am, before even starting my work day, mm. I'll work a full day and then I'll go out dancing with friends. Cause that's, mm. <laughs> you know, I want to mm. do it all. I simply don't have the capacity and even if someone I like, but they want to hang out and I, and I, mm, that might be draining. It's just a no. Whereas in the past, it's not even like a bad thing. It just, I would have said yes, mm. but now I'm like hyper aligned because I'm just sensitive. And I think the universe has shown me, okay. Um, you know, if we're going to help you listen to your intuition real good by showing you these different conditions. Mm. Yeah. Wow, well, man. Learning to say no has been super present for me recently. Um, I read this book on essentialism and the intention for this year has been simplicity, which led me to that book. And a big part of like, is just saying no to all the things that don't serve you. Um, and even the things that do serve you, but like you said, just don't serve you as much as the things that are an absolute fuck. Yes. So even if it's like an eight, you know, learning to say no to an eight so that you've got space for a 10, um, a whole journey, but where I wanted to ask you from there, man, like if I may, and this is going to be, um, 
it's taken some courage for me to ask you this question. Uh, having limes and being, having gone through the journey of anxiety and realizing that, okay, so physical symptoms show up to recalibrate me, to align me to where I'm going and purpose, like already having had that depth of conversation, which is a real, like, it's a deep conversation, man. Like it's a conversation that I'm coaching to pretty much, you know, that's my life's bread and butter. Um, so in there, having that awareness and then getting knocked with limes, like, whoa, bro, like what does that do for your mindset in terms of like shit, like now I've really got to recalibrate and think through everything, like what? Mm. You know, it, it's funny, actually up until having this conversation with you and I think just the way we had started phrasing it, I never thought about it as relearning the same lesson twice. And now mm. that I'm saying it, I, I definitely think they were different. The first lesson in, you know, I wrote mm. a book off the beaten trail about it. My TED talk is called how to place anxiety with purpose. That kind of details that whole journey. I think that first, that first lesson that I learned was um, basically having the courage to listen to your inner voice and follow it because mm-hmm. I was going down the path that other people expected of to me and mm. saying no to myself. So that journey taught me how to trust myself and take a leap of faith, even not knowing where the next step will be, but to trust mm. myself. So I feel I've learned that lesson. And it, you know, of course, it's not like I'm good the rest of my life. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a muscle I have to flex of following my gut. It's not like it just yeah. goes away. Mm. The lime was... Um, and I, I subscribe to the belief that the line was created from a pattern um, that opened mm-hmm. my body up physically. Like I'm really into health. So mm-hmm. learning a big fan of Joe Dispenza and he talks about this yeah. when the body's in a place of chronic stress over time, you're literally down regulating certain genes, kind of how epigenetics work that are opening you up to dis-ease. It's not that like a lot of people, you yourself could potentially have um, the bacteria of Borrelia, which is the Lyme bacteria in you, but you're asymptomatic because you're, you're healthy, you're in a parasympathetic state. Mm. And I felt this way since I was a kid. Um, mm. You know, these deep patterns, again, that I don't know if I would have had the awareness of it until this, like I was aware of it, but not in the way that I am now. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. the, the Lyme, and I sat actually, this is where a lot of, of the insight came. I sat uh, with ayahuasca in October and that was one of the most transformative experiences of my life that really accelerated my healing. But the mm-hmm. cool thing on that, with that experience is I could almost converse. I almost asked the medicine, I apologize. You can maybe hear the train in the background. Uh, I asked it, how did I, how did I manifest this condition? Mm. And it said, you know, and I was like, oh shit. Um, and for me, it was this pre- like, again, kind of going back a little bit earlier, but this pressure that I had to always be on, I had to prove myself. And that was coming from a place of ego, not necessarily in a bad way, ego, but like I didn't feel enough in this not mm. enoughness, this fear of screwing up that this feel, fear of failure was driving me to perform and never say no in the business, which again, over time, this inability for me to just relax and be in a parasympathetic state, I think mm. opened me up to, to what the line presented. So I think they've been different lessons, but gifts in I, I see the gift now that that ayahuasca mm. journey I mentioned was one of the turning points because up until that point, man, I was fighting every day. I, my thoughts were consumed of, I need to get better. I need to get better. And I've done 
everything under the sun from coffee enemas to mm. four different antibiotics, every like tons of herbs that I can't even pronounce, uh, red light therapy, sauna, um, Rasha healing devices, uh, Joe Dispenza meditations, sound baths, like doing everything I possibly could. And then on that plant medicine journey, I learned how to let go, um, which sounds like such a cliche and simple mm. yet powerful truth of just not worrying about worrying, if that makes sense. Uh, mm. I was so used to feeling like if I'm not worrying about this or if I'm not feeling like, oh, I need to figure this out, then I, I won't heal. Mm. And a friend asked me, he's like, how is that working out for you? <laughs> and I said, not very well. Because like, <laughs> it's compounding the stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's so ironic, but that was, to me, that was my normal. Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. up until I don't think you're alone in that either though, bro. Like, I think that's, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, please do. Please do. I yeah. love, I love getting interrupted when you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was just going to say, I don't think you're alone in that. I think all of us kind of, well, many of us feel like if we don't have our hands on the reins, where the fuck are the horses going? You know, mm -hmm. um, that, that whole conversation around trust is like, it's a big one. Totally. Cause that feeling sometime of angst has driven like, and this is where, you know, that famous quote of like, what's gotten you here won't get you to the next level. Mm -hmm. And like all these, and I think this is the case with a lot of, like, I've really studied people who've gotten these things. And it's, it's oddly common with a lot of people who have these companies who will just get hit with a condition because um, I guess there's some part of them that's, that's saying, Hey, this is not healthy. But mm -hmm. again, I can only speak to my experience. Um, of just, yeah, being scared to um, just be like, take, take your hands off the wheel hmm. and, and just say, okay, what, what is actually my body saying to me? And what if that's in conflict with what my logical mind wants, which sometimes it is, but then the beauty is when I, when I actually just like consider that and take a breath, then it's like that feeling of peace of just being able to like, let it go. Mm. Mm. and you were saying that the i love when you were discerning between the the like your intuition and the voice of the universe comes in different ways um like you I, I find that the voice of your intuition is usually quite soft and quite um like it's just quite quiet you know whereas your mind's like now fuck that do this do this do this and it's like it's you know like it's just talking to you all the time it's a bit incessant and it's like but if you just pause for a moment and listen to your intuition then it kind of has has a quality to it that you can tune into. Yeah, mm. I think. And is that is that one of the gifts you're bringing home from from this healing journey is your intuition? A thousand percent. And it's it's funny because, right, like intuition, it's like you don't even know, at least I can only speak to my experience, I didn't know what intuition is until I realized what it isn't or what, mm. what, what it feels like to not follow it. And so by mm. not following it, it's, it's mean like, oh, that's the voice that you have to trust. That's the voice that is always guiding you to your highest and best joy. Mm. So again, even with the experience with Lyme, that's where it is a gift because it's shown me, it's hyper-magnetized what my intuition is. Mm. And, you know, I think for me, that's just part of my lesson here um, mm. on earth is learn, learning that lesson of like, hey, you get to do this. And it's funny. Uh, there's a gal named Jordan Younger. She is the balanced blonde. Um, she's got a big podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, mm -hmm. but she's talked about this too, where um, my buddy Xander Fryer has also told me this. He's like, you're one of those rare people, man, where if you are not doing something that is like aligned with you, you cannot do it. He, yeah. And I've always felt that like, I cannot do things that I don't want to do, mm -hmm. not from a pretentious place, but like, I just, 
can't. <laughs> I don't know. Energetically, it just it. doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. I will take the job with a tenth of the pay and sleeping on a DJ's um, living room on an air mattress, which was mm-hmm. I did when I was 20, building that business with my business partner. <laughs> because to me, that's like exciting. Like at the time, you know, it wasn't that that path was um, not in alignment. It was the way it evolved and how I didn't know how to manage the growth. I think that was out of alignment. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> I resonate with so much around what you're saying in terms of doing things that you love. Like that was the the punchline of the Inspired Evolution is just do what you love, do what you love. You know, live the life you love, live the life you love. Um, and I, I I resonate with that a lot. Hey, I want to sort of um, I don't want to say the word leverage, but segue, segue, segue. Uh, anyway, whatever. I was just gonna ask a question. <laughs> I think segue is great. Because <laughs> um, you were talking about knowing things like your intuition, you found out what it was um, by realizing what it wasn't, right? And there was earlier on in your story you were sharing, like you know, you didn't even realize what anxiety felt like. And I remember uh, when I was sitting in the psychologist's office. Um, from my journey and then she was like oh it's it's depression and it sounds like you've had it for six years and I was just like oh I thought everybody felt like this like I just thought everybody mm. was and this is that thing everybody's to ah uh, like the dots like just to be and uh, some people find labels don't serve them but for me in that moment I remember a label really fucking helped because mm-hmm. it was just like oh shit I can label my emotion um tell us about like you know what was that like for you when you first realize that this sensation that comes and goes that you've been feeling like all of a sudden having a label for it, like despite like obviously it was called anxiety. Um, what was that process like for you, brother, like labeling it the first time? Yeah, it's funny. I didn't realize it until much later on. Mm. So I didn't have someone tell me, oh, you're experiencing anxiety. It was for me when I, so that first semester was, you know, a hell for me. And then also in childhood, I, I had panic attacks um, when I was younger, which I didn't, again, I didn't know what a panic attack was, right? Mm. Like these are things that I experienced. Uh, my parents my parents split up when I was a freshman, but they had, I think they were going through some marital challenges. And mm. I don't even remember this, but my mom, my mom would tell me that like in third and fourth grade, I would always ask her, are you guys getting divorced? And, I, and that was the time when I was having these like kind of panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Again, I just didn't, I thought, oh, I don't know. Like, this is just what I'm experiencing. I don't, a fourth grader is not like, oh, I'm experiencing anxiety or in a panic attack right now. Mm. But it was that trip to Central America was so profound and gave me so many lessons for so many reasons, not just being because I was in Central America, but one of the themes is A, I don't have a phone mm. and I don't have a million different stimuli and inputs coming into <laughs> my brain, right? So <laughs> on one level, it gave me just space. I would teach English and Um, just through the experience of traveling, there's a lot of the way that I traveled. There was a lot of downtime. I journaled. I sat in a hammock overlooking a lake for hours. I got into meditation and mindfulness, living on the spiritual community on an island in Nicaragua where, you know, breath work is 530 every morning where I had, this was the first time I was 18 diving into myself and realizing the layers that had built up on me that were not me, but that were influencing me. So I had time to uncover the layers. And that's when I realized, wow, this anxiety is coming from this place of me feeling pressure to be something that I'm not. Mm. And then me going down this path that is not me. And that Mm. was kind of when things started to click. And towards the end of my trip, 
I knew I wanted to write a book. And so I started just doing some research. And when I came home, that's when I started learning about mental health statistics and mm-hmm. about how 5,000 people between the ages of 15 and 24 take their life each year. I think that might be US. I don't know if that's global. Um, and just the massive anxiety and depression epidemic in the United one States, especially for you. One and two yeah. around the world. One it's crazy. World. And I remember being like, this is insane because mm-hmm. I felt this so severely and no one in, in, in my experience, no one was talking about it. Mm. And that's where I was like, I got to be the guy to talk mm. about it. <laughs> and so that's kind of what sparked it. But was this realization of, oh, that's anxiety and depression. What I was experiencing, I would say mm. it was more, not so much depression. I, I was experiencing a really dark time, but mine was more anxiety in a depressed state. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was never like clinically diagnosed with depression. I don't mm. think that's exactly what it was. But yeah, it, it was interesting to kind of, get that bird's eye view and understand, oh, this is what I was experiencing. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I'm just, yeah, it's interesting how it, you know, you find these, um, you find more and more out about yourself through these different, different modalities and different ways in life. Um, let's talk about Guatemala. Why, why Guatemala? Like why you're, you're insane. Like why such a seismic shift? And I asked this from again, a loaded place drawing lots of parallels between my own journey and yours. Um, pardon me. Um, I'm conscious I am interviewing you, but there's just all this, there's such I love it, dude. Well, I get to flip the script. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, when I, I was in Adelaide and I got literally diagnosed with my depression and literally two weeks later, I was on a flight to Brisbane, which isn't like near the Gold Coast in, in, in here in Australia. So um, I was on a flight and, I'm, and I moved cities, like I literally moved cities and everybody around me was like, dude, you've just been diagnosed with depression. You need family. You need support. You need your support network. Don't fucking make massive changes. Like this is a red flag. Don't. And again, we're talking about intuition. Some part of me was just like, I know what I need. And I need space and I need a fresh, like a, a new, a fresh mm. slate. So what was, what was Guatemala to you, bro? And, and what called you there? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And that's definitely part of it was a fresh slate. I wanted to experience something drastically different from what I knew. Mm. I went to Ohio state. I went in San Diego and people are like, why the hell would you go to Ohio? That's what I got all the mm. time. Mm. Uh, you know, I got a scholarship and all these different things. I want to study business. I just wanted to experience something different, right? Mm. Um, And then I got there and I'm like, wait, I need to get out of this United States kind of complex. I need to experience Mm. something drastically different. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to a developing country. I wanted to go to a Spanish speaking country to learn Spanish. And I just went on this site called the Workaway. Um, Mm. It's almost like uh, you set up a profile, kind of like a dating site and you connect with other hosts around the world who have different volunteer projects. And I found Mm. this guy, he said, whatever your skill set, the people of Bhutan need your help. Paten mm. is this northern district in Guatemala. Hopped on a Skype call with him. He's like, hey, yeah, there's like me, just me and the volunteers were the only English speakers. There's uh, the town needs all the help they can get. Um, if you could teach English one of these classes and, and teach soccer, that would be amazing. You could live mm. with this like local family in the shack next door. I wanted an authentic, I didn't want to be in like a Ritz Carlton, you know what I mean? I mm. mean, granted, I had like, I made 3,500 bucks stretch four months. Mm. Uh, so I was uh, not exactly living large, if you will, but mm. I wanted, I wanted that experience. I wanted to kind of rough it, um, mm. you know, backpacking, staying in four or $5 a night hostels, camping in the jungle, um, mm. learning about a different way of life. So that was, it was kind of a mix of that, mm-hmm. but also I think your point was really valid. Um, and I really identify with that. I needed a fresh slate and I needed no influences of people I knew to, 
because I wanted to know who am I? Mm. Who am I without all these people and <laughs> things that I have an identity with? Because my family with, and friends yeah. see me as this thing. And so I unconsciously try and live up to the identity mm. that they see me as. And I think it's not a bad thing, but I was just like, I need to get out of here and be like, who is I, the I in mm. Jake? Mm. Yeah, let go of that. Bro, as you're sharing this, I think this is the perfect juncture to ask you a little bit about courage on your journey. Um, I think intuition and courage kind of, maybe there aren't real tight parallels to be drawn there, but I think I can speak from experience. Like when your intuition speaks, it takes a lot of courage to follow it. Mm. So when you kind of get this call to like, all right, Guatemala, and I want to live a different way and I want to shed all the different identity points that people draw upon me so I can re-evolve, um, man, it's like, it's easy to say. <laughs> yeah. But take it, taking that action. Um, oh, scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah, tell us about it. So yeah, that was six years ago. And it's funny because, you know, we tell these stories and I can forget sometimes that at that point, like still in context, that was the hardest decision I've ever made, which was dropping mm -hmm. out of college. To give context, I was a Dean's List student. Um, both my parents went to Ivy League universities in the US. My older sister was an honor, honor student at UC Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. And now I'm the black sheet who's like wanting to leave. <laughs> I didn't drop out first. So I knew I wanted to leave. And just, this is just like how scared I was. Mm. I can't, a few days before the second semester, I canceled all of my classes in housing and with the intention to travel the next semester, I got mm -hmm. so scared the day before the semester, I uncanceled everything, came home and came back for the second semester. The yeah. second night, or it was either the first or second night back for the second semester, Ohio State, where I was at school, was in the national championship football game. And Dude, I don't know if you're familiar with Ohio State and anyone listening football. It is a religion. Like, mm. I don't like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast are into like similar things with me and you like spiritual. Mm -hmm. Imagine like a Tony Robbins stadium with like 100,000 people, this mm -hmm. times 10. Like, <laughs> and then they won the game. I went out that night, I, you know, I'm, and I woke up with a little bit of a hangover and felt like I was on the verge of a panic attack because mm. I was in this place filled with people who were so happy to be in a place that I wanted zero to do with. I mm. literally and physically did not feel comfortable in my own skin. Like I would waddle because the hives were painful, fiery. Like it was, I didn't even care about how it looked. It was just like, I would, the discomfort was, it felt mm. like my skin was on fire. And I, I went to this career counselor's office and um, this woman changed my life. I had seen her four times the first semester. I cried in her office twice. She was like a safe place for me. Mm. And yeah, it's funny. Like I've only, you know, I only had a f five or six interactions with this woman and she's one of the most impactful people in my life. She was, she was mm. just a safe place for me to open up about my feelings. And we got to know each other and, you know, she was a career counselor. So she was helping me figure out what I wanted to do. Cause I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm 17, mm. 18 but really it just became this place where we could open and talk about things. And then she knew my, about my desire to travel and the things with my dad that had influenced me. And then she asked me two questions that day that changed the course of my life. She goes, first, if you do leave school to travel, what is the worst thing that could happen? Mm. And so I start thinking about it and I'm like, well, I could die, but I wasn't really scared of dying. I was like, you know, uh, I could be on the streets for the rest of my life and I'll just be this failure that will never amount to anything. Um, I'll be homeless. And I was like, realistically, I'm blessed to have a family and friends who like, if I need it, they'll let me crash on their couch or stay with them. Like mm. that was not an excuse to hold me back. But it was mm. only when she said that 
I actually started laughing and like the stoic okay, exercise wow. of fear setting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, it's so I know Tim Ferriss does that too. And it's like <laughs> yeah. it's so powerful to write down your fear. In psychology, they call it catastrophizing, where when you're mm. in your head with your fears, it just can get you in the state of like paralysis by analysis. Mm. Guilty, bro. I was guilty. <laughs> totally. And she goes, Okay, well, <laughs> you keep thinking about the worst thing that could happen. What is the best thing? that could happen and i just have this vision i see myself like backpacking and volunteering and exploring these foreign places and then coming back and maybe writing a book about it and i just looked her in the eyes and said okay i'm gonna do it and <laughs> i walked out i canceled my classes uh, i got my money back for the semester because it was like the third day and i remember walking back and i felt like a leash had been ripped off my neck i felt yeah. free and that was the, and there were so many other things I had to figure out. Like I'd never traveled alone before. I didn't speak Spanish. I didn't know where I was going yet. I didn't know about Guatemala, all these unknowns. That was the moment that changed everything. Cause that was the moment my path split and veered right. And mm. I just felt a sense of peace, even though I didn't know where I was going. I had the fears, of course, like getting to Guatemala was a 30 hour adventure in and of itself. That was mm -hmm. scary for me <laughs> as, you know, not having a phone in this foreign country, like, mm. But that decision was the, the true leap of faith for me. Mm. Isn't it interesting? Because like courage is required to make the decision. But then when you make the decision, it's like immediately after there's this sense of freedom that you're referring to. Mm. It's almost like you've got fear, 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 fear for so much fear. And then literally a light bulb goes off in your mind and you just perceive things differently. Like it's literally just a decision that you made. All the pressure amounts to this. Like the dam, the floodgates just drop and the water just starts to flow in and you're just free to, mm. yeah, I find it really interesting that there's just these moments in time which have like a complete, like each moment is extremely powerful in life. I, I attest to that. But then there are some moments which are more pivotal than others somehow, right? It's so true. It's funny. you When you said that, it made me think of this quote from Thich Nhat Hanh where he's like, um, uh, people are... I'm going to totally butcher this, but the essence of the quote is like out of a fear of the unknown, people choose suffering that is familiar. Oh, I don't know if you've heard that one. I think it's a little bit different. I've experienced, I've experienced that firsthand. Actually. I think we all have, right? Yeah. But I think it was like this unknown was so scary to me because on paper to anyone, like I, I didn't tell people it. I remember um, like this air, the flight attendant on my flight home, I told her I was like taking a leave of absence. I knew I was dropping out, but I, mm. I took a leave of absence, told my, <laughs> I didn't want my parents to like freak out, you know? Uh, and she was like, yeah. Oh, that's, you know, you should be careful. People who do leave of absence don't always come back. And I was like, um, who the heck are you? Like, don't tell me, <laughs> you know? but I was like, I didn't want her, you know, like people don't have to understand our journey. And yeah, yeah it's that the suffering, even though it's familiar can feel safer because it's just familiar. Like we're so adaptive in that way as humans where the unknown just for whatever reason is so much harder to choose. Mm, it's interesting that, isn't it? And the, let's talk about challenge for a minute. Like there's the challenge of doing the thing that you don't resonate with, right? And people potentially like yourself and myself just find it really fucking hard to show up for things that we don't believe in. Uh, maybe that's an archetype. Maybe it just is, um, right? But then there's you can continue to show up for things that you don't believe in. And that's a certain challenge and takes a certain type of temperance. Or there's the challenge of letting go of what doesn't serve you and just walking into the abyss of the unknown with the courage that we've just been talking about. There's a challenge in both of them. Um, 
I know you do a lot of talking on purpose, kind of, you know, what does, what is your diagnosis now? Is that, hey, like the fear of this challenge, you know, potentially there is a silver lining to this and there is a breakthrough, like go for it. Um, is that generally the encouragement that you share with others? So you cut out for a second. I think is the question, what is the silver lining of the challenge or... Well, I was saying there's two there's two types of challenges, right? There's the challenge of just sticking to something that doesn't serve you, right? And soldiering and mm-hmm. muscling through that. And like for many people, that may be their 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 career that you know, or they call like their career, um, and just mm-hmm. soldiering through that and the pain and the challenge of just going through something that doesn't serve you, and then eventually retiring. It's actually looking back, going, "What the fuck did I do with all of that?" Right? Or mm-hmm. there's also, you know, going along the path for a little bit, realizing that you need to pivot and then the challenge of, oh, holy shit, I'm going to pivot. Um, and there's like a different quality of challenge. There's challenges on both paths. Like I imagine yeah. you go into Guatemala, like wasn't smooth sailing as you've been describing, you know, there was like challenges, you know, you're spending nights in the forest and like, living on a shoestring budget, right? And so it's like the fear of the unknown, yes. But then why would you take on that challenge when a lot of people I imagine would be immobilized to take that challenge on because they're just like, I don't want to sleep in a forest. I don't want to volunteer. And it's like, well, what are the fruits and the gains that you've received that has now got you traveling around the world, speaking about purpose and saying, hey, maybe this is worth it. Give it a crack. Jake, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, beautiful question. And it's funny. The answer was also reflected um, by the mutual interviewee that we got to speak with Stephen Kotler in um, which he's talked about in his book, the art of impossible, how autonomy, which is when um, you are choose, it's an intrinsic motivation, right? For mm-hmm. me, when I'm pursuing something that I'm choosing, even if it's scary, I, it, it makes the problems less daunting. I have more energy. Whereas mm-hmm. when I'm pursuing something that I don't want to be pursuing, my energy and motivation is shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> granted, I think there's, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening to, to your show are wired the way you and I are. Like mm-hmm. my older sister has a nine to five job. She's been a re- in a relationship for a few years and she's like happy and content with her life. For mm-hmm. me, I would bang my head against the wall. Like that would just mm-hmm. not work for me, but vice versa, my life would not work for her. So I think mm-hmm. one, it's the self-awareness where it's not one is not better or worse. It's just... A, figuring out what are your values and what speaks to you. And I think Mm -hmm. if someone's listening who is excited about a path, but they're scared, then it's just remembering when you are choosing something that excites you and and it scares you, I think those are two sides of the same coin. You Mm. will have way more energy and an ability to overcome that than you can even possibly think because like Stephen Kotler's talked about, when you ha- or when it's driven by autonomy and you're choosing it, you quite literally have more focus, more flow. All mm. these things are being proved scientifically that I just know intuitively, uh, mm-hmm. but it's cool to see the science starting to get behind this. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Brother, your journey has landed you to helping other people find their voices, share their messages now. Um, it seems to be that you're pretty much helping people um, – yeah, like, you know, you, you've been raising money for charities through these speaking engagements as well. So I'm trying to, um, what, like, tell us about where the need for, for service kind of came through. Like, because now you live, I'm, I can see you live in a life of service. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, it was like you unplugged and then you went on this journey for yourself to find yourself and then you've kind of come back and so much has come through for you and now you're helping others down a similar uh, similar path as well. Um, how important is it to your own journey? Contri- like how much of serving others contributes to you? 
and how important is that to you? Yeah, thank you. Great question. I think it's in a weird way, service is selfish, but being mm. selfish can be service, mm. if that makes sense. Where it's a trip, and I've, I've learned this yeah. too. Like, right. granted, there's so many different types of service. Like, uh, I, I did a crowd, uh, I did a campaign with Pencils of Promise. I think we've raised like six or seven grand for them, um, with a par- portion of the book proceeds go towards them. And other other little events too, which you know is one form of service. But I really think my medicine, why I'm here, is to tell stories and to articulate the human experience in a way where people can put themselves in my shoes, even if they didn't go to Guatemala or drop mm-hmm. out or start a company, doesn't matter. But they can identify with the emotions that I'm experiencing because mm-hmm. we all share those. And I think for me, my when I speak and share, whether it's a podcast or my book, or speaking gig doing something because that it's just from this plate and i'm feeling my heart i'm pointing to my heart because it just feels right and as a byproduct i get people who message me like hey you know i I had the courage to finally quit my job that's been sucking my soul or Mm. hey um, my daughter's 15 and struggles with depression and anxiety and i cried reading your book because it's allowed me to have an empathy for her that i just didn't have Mm. I'm not trying. I'm just, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her book, big magic that she yeah. never actually, she's like, yeah. I cringe when people, Oh, is it on your bookshelf? Bro? <laughs> yeah, 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 I love yeah. it. She's like, I cringe when people say, Oh, I'm writing this for someone else. Um, mm. and granted I, I get what people say and I've said that mm. too, but her point is I write everything for me. And it just so happens when it comes from that place of heart mm. and truth it's naturally going to serve other people. It's going to connect with everyone. Yeah. And I think that's for me, it's like, dude, Jake, how can I be the most aligned? Do the thing that sets my soul on fire because that is your medicine for the world. Do the mm-hmm. thing. It's like that quote, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and do that. Oh, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And bro, thank you so much for being such an open book here today, bro. Like I really, really, really appreciate it. It's... um. Yeah, it's uh, uh, your medicine <laughs> rings true in this space. I feel. <laughs> um, I think it's um, yeah, it's it's not every day that people go through their challenges and then a are willing to share it, but then also willing to share it with such grace, um, so that it may help other people identify bits in their story and and um, help them navigate their life with with more grace. And I want to thank you for being here today, but I also know that it's a lifetime's journey that you've put into all the work that's informed the conversation we've had here. So I just want to. Thank you for for showing up and also all the work that's helped you support this conversation here today. Mm. Thanks so much, brother. I appreciate it. And as someone who has a podcast myself, you're an incredible interviewer. (laughs) You have an ability to listen, which is such a a beautiful quality um, to ask engaging, thoughtful questions. And I'm inspiring seeing how many interviews you do and the people you bring on and what you pull out of uh, or bring out (laughs) of each guest. So uh, it's an honor, man. Uh, touch wood. Thank you, brother. It's a, it's a blessing to be witnessed by a brother on the same path. It's, it's really, really a blessing. And uh, yeah, man, as always from myself, the Inspired Evolution community, the tribe, and I'm sure even the, the mutual tribes we've, we've, uh, we circle with, like the Flow Research Collective and whatnot, wishing you the best on your journey forward, brother. And uh, I know you, you're going through a healing time as well. So putting up prayers, man. And uh, yeah, Appreciate wishing you all it. the best. Yeah. Thank you, bro. thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the inspired evolution if you're loving these episodes make your way across to youtube click subscribe fresh episodes are launched every monday with highlights being released throughout the week thank you so much 
And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 